So let me go back to the third point then here, which is from the ninth word and also connected to uh, what I just noted about the Surah Al-Fatiha. I mean, remember, the Surah Al-Fatiha is uh, a little example of uh, the Quran, basically a summary of the Quran. Uh, 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 like it said here, uh, a miniature of the greater um, an example of the of the of the whole Quran is the Surah Al-Fatiha. So, as a summary, the Surah Al-Fatiha, or the first opening chapter of the Quran, captures everything that is mentioned in the Quran. So let me uh, read a little bit from the third point. So our reflection focuses on the third point, and then I will elaborate a little bit more how this um, ties back to this sacred social contract and the covenant that we made with Allah, but also our responsibility towards the creation at large. So this, uh, this third point states, just as man or just as the human being is an example in miniature of the greater world, and Surah Al-Fatiha, a shining sample of the Quran of mighty stature, so are the prescribed prayers a comprehensive, luminous index of all varieties of worship and a sacred map pointing to all the shades of worship of all the classes of creatures. So there's a lot here, actually. It's a very short paragraph, but there's so much wisdom that is shared here. So first of all, the human being is an example in miniature of the greater world, subhanAllah. Uh, the description of us, of the human being, that everything that is out in the creation is also in me. I am I am a little tiny body made out of blood, bones, right, cells. But everything that is in the cosmos, uh, I have also in me in a mini form. So I'm a little mini book of the universe subhanallah i mean if we can if we can let that sink in for a moment so it means that we are uh what's called we are that little mini world of the cosmos we are basically a summary of all what is out there so we have an animalistic side we have an angelic side we have the dream world we can we can experience dreams, we can experience um, so many things. We can imagine, we have a holy imagination, we have our capacity to fantasize or to cultivate, cultivate fantasies. We can create, we can build, we can innovate, we can invent. You name it, everything that is out there in the universe, we also have a little sample within us even a satanic side almost, like in a sense that we have a destructive potential within us. But Allah creates every human being with a clean slate. Every human being is born as a Muslim. Uh, everybody is created as a Muslim. Uh, and so we come here with uh, a pure, clean slate, right? And that means that we have the potential to be uh, constructive, uh, constructive human beings, meaning that we can do good things, but we also have in our nature a destructive potential, a capacity to destroy things, um, to commit evil, to 
perpetrate crimes and atrocities. And this is all in front of us. The destructive potential of the human being is huge, but also what we call the way to uh, to climb up the alai iliyin ladder, the the ladder that brings you to the highest of the high, the ahsan al taqwim, is also there. So the the choice to be constructive or um, creative or somebody to helps elevate life or advances life or advances humanity and creation is there, but also the capacity to destroy and create evil and um, do all kinds of crimes is also there. But the fact is that Allah has created everybody pure uh, with an inclination towards faith. And so um, that that is also there, right? So we have to keep that in mind that everything that in the in, that is in the creation is um, uh, is also within us, and we have this dual capacity. We are created with that dual capacity, like a mini version of the cosmos, right? So what does that mean? That all the creation is unified within us, which brings us to the social aspect. So whatever we consume and take in, even if you think just of material and physical nourishment, there is a multiplicity of blessings out there. And we are in need of air, of oxygen, of food, of fruits and vegetables, of meat, of vitamins, so many endless things, which uh, the Risale Nur calls the multiplicity of all what there is, right? The Kethra. Basically, there is so much out there, but we are dependent on all of that, right? We cannot thrive and advance um, on our own. We are in need of that social aspect. So already we are seeing how this we, we are in need of you, right? It doesn't just mean that I can't sustain myself on my own, but I am in need of the creation to continue my life as a human being. So to summarize, out of multiplicity of blessings, everything I take in into my body becomes one, right? So whatever I eat, whatever I consume, whatever I take in or breathe in becomes unified within me. Out of multiplicity comes oneness. So what does that mean when I consume an apple? That apple also was created through a community of the creation, like air, sunlight, soil, minerals. Everything came together, the planets and the stars, so that apple can come into existence. But then ultimately, I consume the apple as a human being, and this, this apple becomes then part of my being. But the point of the apple is that it can continue its sacred worship, right? That it can continue remembering Allah. It, it becomes alive in my body. It ceases to be an apple, but then rises up in becoming a human being, part of my existence in, in terms of, you know, I use the apple's vitamin. It nourishes my body. It keeps me healthy. It keeps me strong. So all of that means that the apple and all other blessings are part of a community that then are unified within my body. But what is my response to them? 
What is my response to them? If I cut them off from sacred worship, if if I cut them off from remembrance and um, glorification of Allah or ibadah, then I have committed a crime towards the community, uh, the creation that has worked for me, right? It's constantly working for me. So the human being is at the center of the universe, is in need of everything. Again, think of stars and galaxies, the seasons, the blessings, the animals, the plants, everything becomes one in me, but then I deny them remembrance of Allah, uh, worship of Allah, and cut them off. So this is why the Risalinu constantly uh, really stresses that um, the greatest crime towards the creation is kufr. To deny them, to not only not acknowledge Allah, but also to deny them uh, sacred worship. So when I stand in prayer and perform my salah, I am becoming what? I am becoming a sacred map pointing to all the shades of worship of all the classes of creatures. That's a very deep wisdom here, right? This is a one paragraph. So I went back to the first, said the human being is a miniature example of the greater world. Everything unifies itself within my body because I take everything in, everything sacrifices itself for me, everything works for me. So I have already a sacred response, right? I have a sacred responsibility towards the creation because the creation works for me. And so in the same way, he says, the salat becomes an index of all varieties of worship. So when I'm in the standing position, in the bowing position, in the qiyam, in the ruku'ah, in the sujood, in the prostration position, I am as a khalifa, as a representative, of Allah's beautiful names on earth, I am representing also the varieties of worship of all classes of creatures. The Quran tells us that the mountains are in glorification and worship, that the trees are in remembrance of Allah, the birds, the insects, the pebbles, everything is alive and engaged in sacred worship. But if I do not recognize them, if I do not recognize their sacred worship, then I have neglected my sacred responsibility. So again, there is again the social contract that we are making with the creation because the creation works for us. Constant sacrifice, constant struggle and effort is for the human being. Nobody benefits as much as the human being from this creation. Right? If you think about the animals and the plants and the vegetation and the the galaxies. All of that, Allah says, has been made subservient to the human being. Everything is serving the human being, which is a huge, huge expression of Allah's mercy towards the human being. We wouldn't be able to train and educate, discipline those animals or fruits and galaxies and you know, plants, but all all of these beings are engaged in the sacred service because they are following Allah's call. But they become unified within us. And if we deny them worship, then we have neglected our sacred duties. 
this is why I'm talking about the social contract, this holy social contract that we not only have towards fellow human beings, but also all fellow creatures, that all of them are engaged in sacred acts of worship. They are all in the salat. The Quran tells us that every being has their own unique salat. Like every being is constantly engaged in sacred worship. We might not hear their dhikr or their sacred utterances and remembrances, or we do not understand, but they are engaged. And as they are working for us and we are not acknowledging them, then it becomes what? A crime. And this is important as we stand in prayer and remember the Surah Al-Fatiha when we say, we, we worship you. Who is the we? Only you do we worship. So we have to think bigger and larger and widen our perspective that I have a sacred responsibility, a sacred social contract with the trees, the mountains, the clouds, the animals, that I'm a caretaker in this world, that I have a sacred responsibility. That's what makes me a Khalifa because I am the only one who acknowledges their sacred worship. And so this is why there is no, no um, negotiation when it comes to the performance of Salat. It's a non-negotiable. Even if you are in a very, in a state of being bedridden, you make your best effort to engage in Salat because the Salat is, as the Prophet says, peace and blessings upon him, is the Salat is the center pole of the religion. Everything that Islam is about is encapsulated in the Salat. Because what, what we say during the Fatiha, the opening chapter, and what we do during those motions and what we remember has implications towards the creation at large, how we view them. Now we are considered about climate change and climate crisis because our survival is at stake. But the Quran, 1500 years ago, established their sanctity by saying they are sacred because I have given them sanctity by, by myself. Right? A tree is sacred because it engages in holy worship and not because the tree is serving me. The tree is important because the tree and all other creatures are displaying Allah's qualities and his names are uh, worshippers of Allah, are, in, uh, are servants of Allah. So when we think about and we widen our, our view from above, we can see that the whole creation is engaged in salat. And that then helps us to eliminate an extreme sense of loneliness, extreme sense of isolation, to know that I'm not alone. I'm part of this beautiful cosmic brotherhood and sisterhood at where all and every being is in, engaged in constant worship. And I owe it to them to acknowledge them at least, to be aware of their sacrifices and to respond to them in a way that honors their sacrifice and honors their worship. Right? Even the Prophet does not allow us to waste water for the sacred act of ablution from a running river. I mean, look at the high ethics and morals that Islam instills in the human being. 
that was 1500 years ago. This was a very radical move. Now we know that whatever we do, whatever we say, whatever we, uh, however we act in our daily lives has an impact on the creation. But Islam from day one teaches us that we are part of a larger cosmic brotherhood and sisterhood. That when I stand in prayer, all the trees are standing with me in Qiyam. All the mountains are glorifying with me in Qiyam. All the animals are bowing down with me in front of my creator. When I do my prostration, I am reminded that all the pebbles and insects on the ground, they are all glorifying my Lord. I'm not alone. I'm part and parcel of this amazing community that that calls me to res sacred responsibility. That's why we talk about this holy social contract. And this is something... If our prayer, our salat, does not have this internal deep meaning, it becomes robotic, it becomes empty, it becomes useless. Right? Even the wudu, every time when we take our ablution, for every time we rinse our mouth, our nose, our ears, our face, there are prayers that the Prophet teaches us to say so that the salat and the wudu and the ablution and the prayer have that deep inner meaning, otherwise it becomes just a very empty act. And this is sadly what we see when people say, well, this person prays five times a day, but their akhlaq, their character is so different, it does not align with their uh, prayer life. So the goal is then to combine the internal and the external, to harmonize between the inner and the outward meaning, so that the inner has an impact. It's both actually, it's a mutual thing. You exercise so you have a healthier spirit, a healthy understanding. The Salat reminds us constantly that we are part of something larger, that we have a responsibility towards others. That is also what helps us to transcend territories and boundaries and borders. With me at this moment, at Dhuhr time now, noon prayer time, Millions of people are standing in prayer. Not just people, but other creatures. And they recognize me, they know me, they bear witness. Even the spot that I'm praying, subhanAllah, has a spatial identity, the place. We switch our spots when we are praying. Everybody knows that. Why do we do that? Because the Prophet says, first of all, it's sunnah, but also this place is alive and will bear witness on the day of judgment if I prostrate it on the spot. So everything is alive. The whole world, the Prophet says, the earth is a masjid, a place of prostration, which means that I cannot be clean just in my home and be dirty and filthy outside my home. I make an effort to bring Allah's uh, qualities uh, back into all areas of my life. I cannot be Muslim if I do not understand that it's a holistic vision, that Allah is inside my home, but also outside my home. Allah is, uh, Allah is the light of the heavens and the earth. No exceptions. So when I stand in prayer, I know all the world is in prayer. All my brothers and sisters around the world are standing with me in prayer. All my fellow creatures are standing with me in prayer. 
that space that I'm praying has a spatial identity, is alive and bear witness to who I am, what I'm doing, is seeing, is witnessing, is observing, is recording. Right? SubhanAllah, these are very deep truth. When we internalize them, this will have an impact on how we conduct ourselves throughout our day. Whether I'm praying at my workplace, praying in my home, praying in a mall, praying in a park. The whole world is a masjid. That's why, yes, pray. Be comfortable in praying. Be confident in praying. Everybody prays. Don't feel you are a marginal individual praying. Everybody is engaged in sacred act of worship in the salat. And this is why in this third point, it brings us back to the social contract. You are part of an interdependent community. You have a call to serve others. Service is the DNA of the creation. I say that all the time. Service, holy service is the DNA of the creation. There's no one creature out there who does not serve others. Point to one. They are all interwoven, interdependent. They are all caring for one another. Constantly in the Risale Nur, we hear about the truth of ta'awun, helping one another. Tajawab, responding to one another. Ta'anuk, embracing one another. Tasanut, relying on one another. SubhanAllah, these, these big T's, if we could incorporate them in our lives, Right, subhanAllah, and living more and more into them. Where can I serve? Where can I be? Because this is the DNA of the cosmos. Nobody is sitting lazily and uh, passively in a corner. There is constantly haraka, there is constantly movement and motion and service and embracing one another, lifting up one another, supporting one another. But what does a human being do when the aggressive sickness of egotism comes in, first me. I don't care about others. Me, me, me first, and what others are doing, I don't care. And this is then where we have what's called in the United States now a, an epidemic of loneliness. The U.S. Surgeon General, go on his website, calls it an epidemic of loneliness. People are dying more of loneliness Right? The diseases of despair, of hopelessness, uh, numbing themselves with uh, opioids and drugs and alcohol and uh, social media addictions and phone addictions. All of this is to numb ourselves. Right? It's an expression of these diseases of despair. It's being disconnected from, from uh, that higher purpose, from a sense of community, meaningful community. And so those are the things that the Salat drives us back to the Surah Al-Fatiha. Who is the we? Why are you part of the we? Why does Allah prioritize the we? I'm sustained by the we, but what is my response to the we? To the classes of creatures as I stand in prayer and reflect. And then the the Islamic tradition also calls us to Always engage our holy imagination and turn us towards the Qibla and try to pray as we, as we see the holy shrine, the Kaaba, which means all of us, all human beings are one family under Allah. So there cannot be, there cannot be in a mu'min's heart and a believer's heart, racism, aggressive nationalism, excessive 
you know, all these like kinds of spiritual diseases that can take root in somebody's heart and creates boundaries between uh, himself and others. So these are very problematic issues. And every time when we engage with the Surah Al-Fatiha, reflect on the we, the, the not just that our bodies are we, our family is a we, right? Uh, the community, but also the creation. That when I'm, as I'm standing in prayer, I am part and part and parcel to these circles of life, and I try to maintain a healthy connection with all these circles of my life. If I'm not connected, then there's a problem. Then we need to address this issue because Allah wants us to be social beings, right? Insan, again, look it up, Edward Lane's Arabic Dictionary. Insan, the root word means uns, a sociable, amicable being, right? This is what we are, right? And the, the, the creation tells us that we are connected to them. We can't be without them. But we have a sacred responsibility to them as well. This is why Salat is so important because all what is out there becomes unified within us. But then how do I respond to their sacrifices and service? Subhanaka la ima lana illa ma'alamtana innaka anta al-alim al-hakim wa akhru dawan alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.